So I was sitting in the hair salon with my hairstylist, and she was doing my hair, and she uh, was telling me about how she had suddenly discovered all these new recipes, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, like how, right? And so she pulled out her phone and showed me this new app, and it was the chat GPT app. Mm -hmm. And so she was saying, you know, she would tell the actual app that she had these particular ingredients and based on those ingredients, it would spit out a recipe for her. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is like straight efficiency. (laughs) Yes. And so we were like playing with it and really kind of coming up with other things to ask it. (laughs) Like, can you help me find a man? (laughs) Just kidding. Um, But no, for real, I did. (laughs) You're like, but actually. (laughs) And it worked. No, I'm playing. It didn't work. So I've been thinking a lot about artificial intelligence. And it got me thinking and actually got me like playing with different things Mm -hmm. that I was curious about. And one thing in particular that I found to be really interesting is ChatGPT. But in playing with ChatGPT, I was like... What is this? Like, what are the different forms and iterations? So I don't know about y'all, but if AI is here to stay, I want to know how to stay ahead of the curve. From WBEZ Chicago, this is When Magic Happens. I'm Jennifer Shea Love Long, here with the amazing Taylor Coward. And Cheryl's not in today, but she'll be back with us soon. And today we are traveling through the metaverse, all the way into the world of artificial intelligence. Later, to help us make sense of AI and one of the latest buzzy AI writing tools, ChatGPT, we'll hear from Tolu Lope Ogunremi, founder of UK-based organization Coders of Color, and Angel Bush, founder of Black Women in AI. All that and more coming up. One thing that I was thinking about was like a workout regimen, Mm -hmm. right? And you could actually ask it to give you a workout routine that incorporates cardio and strength training, and it'll spit it out for like the whole week. Where do they even get the workout information to then give to you? Well, so this is what I learned, Mm -hmm. right? I learned that the information comes from the internet. Artificial intelligence is simply systems and softwares created to mimic human behavior. That's Angel Bush. And that, you know, um, I think sometimes artificial intelligence has a branding problem because we make it something uh, that's untouchable when in fact it really is us. Uh, Anything that's on the internet, it is learned to recognize. And so it is pulling that information and providing us the information. And so when we're talking about, you know, is it learning, it's learning what we've taught it in a sense, because that's what it's studying. That's the data that it's studying. Scary. (laughs) You think so? A little. Tell me why. Because that means that it's learning from us. Yeah. And so it'll share our biases and, you know, spit them back at us. And it probably is very revealing to the flaws of humanity, but it also can probably sum up the best of what we have to offer too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can do it very quickly. When I got it, and I don't know if this is what they're doing to bring people in like as early adopters, mm-hmm. but it was thirty nine ninety five for a lifetime. Oh. And so I just talked to it. It's like my new friend, but not really because it doesn't talk back to me, but you it know, could. well, maybe eventually, but what it does is, does what it you do, learn you? 
like learn? It does. So like, for example, I might say to it, hey, help me, you know, frame this idea, Mm -hmm. right? And I'll give it some context about what I want it to do, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe I want it to write a story. And these are the details of the story that I want you to include. Mm -hmm. I want it to include a teenager and I want it to take place in this particular part of the world. Mm -hmm. And I'd like for it to take place during this particular time period. And I'd like for you to write a paragraph framing that. Mm -hmm. And it will actually do that. Really? And it'll spit it back to you. And the thing about it is, is that it is very generic, Mm -hmm. right? So it's not... You know, you do have to be creative and go back to it and sort of get, make it more nuanced and interesting and use different language. But if I continue to give it prompts, it will also pick up the language that I use Mm. and it will repeat back to me the language that I'm communicating with it using. The GPT stands for Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. That's Tolu Lope Ogunrimi. Pre-training means that you do all the training first and then you do stuff to the model afterwards. The transformer bit is the name of an architecture that was introduced, um, if I'm not mistaken, by Vaswani and others in late 2017, which is a type of machine learning architecture. Imagine it as, you know, the style of a building or something. And we, you know, train models in that way. And the generative is because it's generating text. So we have a chat version of a generative pre-trained transformer and this is um in less boring terms a language model that humans can interact with um and chat gpt in in particular has been trained with something called reinforcement learning from human feedback which is um using humans in the training process to rank outputs of the model in order to improve the model's output. I do like that aspect of AI because I've noticed that I'm doing better with my Duolingo Mm. because I think they're using more AI now. Mm -hmm. And so to be like, Taylor really doesn't know how to do this. Mm. And so they'll kind of give me that repeatedly. And so it is a way to kind of tailor things to you. But again, you have to give it something. Right. You can't just, I think some people expect to just be like, write my homework Mm -hmm. and then expect it to churn that out. You still have to put in your part. Well, and what's also interesting is that it's not always true because Mm. because it's coming from the Internet, Mm -hmm. there is information on the Internet that is factual Mm -hmm. and there's also information on the Internet that is not factual. And so, like, I think about my kids, my Kids are in high school and, you know, I actually have talked to them about how they use it and Mm -hmm. if they use it. And what they've shared is like, you know, some people use it and they'll get a specific question off of the test. Right. And it might say, write an essay about World War Two, you know, Mm -hmm. and they'll take that information and literally take what chat GPT says and that's their answer. It was a war that happened in the world two years ago (laughs) like (laughs) just using like number like that's kind of scary though because a lot of people what I've encountered in school and in work is that people don't reread you know you can just tell plagiarism like I know that you did not peep that somebody else's name was on there right and you left it right and so I don't think people are (laughs) ready for Mm -hmm. that power and so I'm wondering how teachers and like 
college professors are about to navigate this. Well, let me tell you, they could take that, copy, paste it, and say, did AI generate this? Really? And put the actual answer in there, and then AI will respond and say, yes, AI did generate. Because I'm wondering. Or no. Everything that gets spit out by AI is then kept in like a database and can be reused for some if someone else asks it the same thing. Yeah. So like even when we're communicating like with chat GPT, for example, the things I'm putting into it, mm-hmm. just, you know, if, if I'm, you know, telling the story mm-hmm. or I'm thinking about something that maybe you're interested in, too, and I'm giving it information, mm-hmm. it's going to synthesize information that it's pulled from me also having that conversation yeah. based on you asking that question. So it's a database of everyone that's inputted anything into it and the internet. Yeah. I know, big eyes in the room. I know, right? I mean, but cool. I it's also cool think though. It's kind of exciting yeah. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. like, you know, one thing I found it really, I went to this um, session about. AI and ChatGPT, and there was, you know, different companies talking about how they used it. Mm -hmm. And one of the things this gentleman said was that, you know, it allows them to take, you know, a C player in an organization up to a B player, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're focused on different functions of their job, and maybe this gives them, makes them more efficient, Mm -hmm. right? So, like, that's one way. And then, like, things that maybe you're trying to ideate about something and you just want a framework for it. Like, Mm -hmm. I want a, you know, just framework for this strategy. I don't, I'm going to fill in all the detail, Mm -hmm. but I may not want to spend, you know, two, three hours trying to figure out how do I organize that, you know? And so it really is helpful in creating frameworks for things. What do you use it for, like, on, on your most normal basis? Um, kind of everything. Okay. So like, <laughs> I've like never used <laughs> it. So I'm very curious. We should use it. I'm like, what can we ask her? What would you like to ask her? I don't know. What is something interesting to ask? How do you get a fatter ass? <laughs> See, now this is legit answer. Would you guys like to know how to get a fatter ass? Here we go. If you're looking to increase the size of your glutes, often referred to as getting a fat ass or building a rounded shapely buttocks, there are several strategies that you can try. So keep in mind that results may vary for each individual. (laughs) (laughs) Not the disclaimer. (laughs) Resistance training. Incorporate exercises that specifically target your glute muscles, such as squats, lunges, hip thrusts, and deadlifts. Number two, progressive overload. Gradually increase the intensity of your workouts over time. This could involve adding more weight, increasing the number of repetitions, or incorporating more challenging variations of exercises. Number three, proper form. So you get the point. Like, it actually tells you exactly what you can do to get a fatter ass. I have never used it. I consume immature AI content daily at this point. (laughs) Okay. People are using, like, AI to do, like, make famous figures do covers of songs. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be, like, Trump and Biden doing a duet together. (laughs) I see the crystal raindrops fall and the beauty of it all is when the sun comes shining through. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. Just the two of us. I scream laugh at it every time I see it. Mm -hmm. And so now people are doing AI covers. It'll be like Stevie Wonder. I love those. Or it'll be the Minions. Yeah. You know. 
all of that, I feel like, is the AI side that I've been on. Mm. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to explore uses in the workplace. Yeah. Mm. Or just even to make your life efficient. Do you think there will be a way for you in work to, like, use AI? Yeah, I do use it in work. I mean, like, <clears throat> you know, my throat hurts. <laughs> I need to do voiceover today. Oh. Can it do it for you? No. Well, you know, that's the thing about it that I think is a little scary is, you know, the ways that you're appreciating and enjoying it is a little bit scary, scary. to me. Yeah. You know, where it's like that. somebody can actually take your voice or your, you know, likeness and actually make it say and do things that is not something that you would say or do. So that is... And a concerning. lot of people can't decipher yeah. if it's you or not, That's which right. is troubling. That's right. But if I heard you doing a commercial, I'd be like, oh, that's probably Jennifer. Right. Yeah. And it may not be. So that may need to be, I mean, I guess SAG-AFTRA is doing like a similar thing right now with like biometrics and all that. Yeah. Um, you probably at some point are going to be like, hey, don't AI me. Don't. Oh, my gosh. Have you seen that movie, The Dark Mirror? Mm-mm. So basically, it is a dealing with this. I'm, sorry. I'm like, is that the Tubi version of Black Mirror? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not the I'm like, what? Sorry, Tubi. Okay, continue. But not sorry. But not sorry. But really, it's this story about this woman who is basically her story is being replicated because all of these AI, like like using your Alexa, right? Mm-hmm. It's following her day yeah. through her phone, through her car, mm-hmm. you know, through her Alexa. And it is basically, it was a show that was recreating everything that she did throughout the course of the day. So if she said something about somebody, it showed up on the show, oh right? Or And... So anyway, it was about just that. It was about how we are, AI is so infused in what we do every day Mm -hmm. and how it can in some ways, you know, in this particular instance, it could basically narrate your life. And that has me thinking maybe it's not so scary that we're, you know, putting things into this database now with ChatGPT and other AI tools because... We do that already every mm-hmm. day. Like every when you talk day. to Alexa, she understands your voice now. Or even, I don't want to activate. I don't feel every, like my Alexa understands me. Really, I didn't yeah. want to activate everybody's uh, phone in the room. But you know, like <laughs> when you say "Hey Siri," she's like, "Yes." <laughs> you know, like it's so creepy. But yeah. ooh, all of this is just like I'm just being run by technology now. Mm-hmm. Can we control what people do with our voice? That's Tola Lope again. To be honest, if it's on the internet, to some extent, um, there's not really much (laughs) that can be done with with what's already out there. I have a secret theory about, you know, how much data places like OpenAI are using. Uh, You know, now that they've refused to be more open, they used to be more academic and you know, write research papers on, on the work that they've done. But as of late, they've stopped doing that. Um, and so the accountability that comes with saying we use data from X, Y, and Z has also gone. We don't know if they're using, we don't know if they're tapping into this Zoom right now. Did you see that um, 
disclaimer about like when you use Zoom, they were kind of posting it on, I saw it on Instagram, but it's like this long laundry list of, you know, basically the parameters that, and, and, and their, your likeness, likeness basically being their property and the way in which it is your property. Mm -hmm. It's so absurd. Right. And so like, like basically everything you do, everything you say, they can use anything that they gather from using Zoom. Yeah. They can use that. And you have to consent to those things to even use. Right. Exactly. And so people don't read the, Mm -mm. the, the wording before you hit agree. I'm the one nerd that does that. And I didn't (laughs) have the time to do it for clear and now I'm regretting it. But I don't know. I just think that we would be pretty afraid if we sat down and read all the things we agree to, the terms and conditions. But I think we should get a little more into it now. Mm -hmm. Like Illinois had a really big um, settlement from Facebook. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't remember. I think it was something to do with biometrics. And so I think now we really do need to be aware of what we're signing off on with our likenesses, with Mm -hmm. our voices, especially professionals, Mm -hmm. um, where it can be used... That's like, that's your job is, is your voice and your likeness. And so that should be protected. And so I'm like, I'm wondering what kind of lawyers are about to come out. Like, you know how there's podcasting lawyers now. We didn't have those a few years ago. Yeah. We're probably about to start having like biometrics professional lawyers. Industry that's has where, to change. I mean, there's like opportunity just as there are things that are scary and likely. What are you hopeful to come out of it? Like, what is something you'd like to see in the next couple of years regarding AI? I mean, I I see it as a way to be more more efficient. Mm-hmm. You know, just I think about the time that I spend, even just writing an email or sending a letter or about something that maybe it doesn't need to be so like. Is that um, AI when Google finishes the sentence for you? Yeah, because I love that. Yeah, see, I'm like, you know what? That was a better that was a better way to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm a fan of that. But you know what? Now that I think about it, I think the covers of the songs that I hold so near and dear mm. on TikTok could be an issue along, oh, yeah. along the line. Like, like, tell me. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, Harry Styles is like singing a fun song from the Barbie movie, but you could also make him say something right. incredibly racist that's right or incredibly sexist right you know what i mean like it could take a different turn right. people are just being fun with it on the side that i'm on mm-hmm. but i'm sure people could go a different way mm-hmm. as well and so that's when you get to into like what are the moral um obstacles mm-hmm. in journalism in particular angel bush we have to be aware that there are so many technological advances in terms of metahumans where they can become really a reporter. <laughs> if if it's done in the right way, it certainly can become a reporter. And if we simply put this on television, a broadcast journalist, um, people may believe it's a real person. And if not, they can become so accustomed to it where it starts to impact those real people uh, that are doing the job. For the writers and producers, we, we have to think about what ChatGPT can do right now in terms of writing the story, in terms of preparing questions, uh, the editors, all these things will impact journalism 
and it already has. So it's something that, again, we, we have to take stock of and we have to take notice of and start saying, okay, how can I utilize this as a tool so that I can advance in this particular field? And so it, it's really important that we kind of take a step back. And I know there are certain people who are very protective of journalism and they've told me it's not going to change the way I work. It's not going to change what I do when in fact it will and it already has. I think there also was an issue with deep faking Mm -hmm. when people were taking like your face and putting it on someone else or making it look like you were saying and doing things that you weren't doing. Yeah. It can be very confusing. Like Mm -hmm. you don't know what's real or what's what's fake. And people don't look very hard. They don't. Like they're gonna they're be just like, scrolling. Yeah, and you look and you, you take something, you know, like I didn't wanna believe my dude from Smash Mouth died. And I was right. like, I think this is internet lore. This is not real. Because right. people lie on the internet all the time. All the time. And so it was real, unfortunately. Oh. R. I. P. But at first, like you can't really trust a lot of what you see mm-hmm. because there's increased bias Mm -hmm. in what people put out in the internet and sometimes people just make things up Mm -hmm. or craft an image that isn't true and so you really just have to stop and take a break and look and I'm I think that's like a healthy practice now I think so I mean you can't believe everything you see or read you Mm -hmm. know I I have this picture you know how your memories pops up with like pictures and it says time at the beach Mm -hmm. and it's a picture pictures of you know, my family and I spending time at the beach, but we had also gone to white sands, New Mexico, Mm -hmm. and that is not a beach. It's just like white sand, Sand. you know? And so the program thought that we were at a beach. That creeps me out though. Yeah. Like when I can search in my phone and now I use it, Mm -hmm. but at first I was like, well, why does it know how to do that? Obviously it's scanning faces, scanning bodies. It puts into categories certain people. So Mm -hmm. like, it'll be like, you want this guy or this guy or this lady? Or um, you can search the word baby mm-hmm. and it'll show you things that they think are a baby. Mm-hmm. The one I got this morning said, what's cooking? And it was pictures of food that I take. And I'm like, Ugh. or I, I often get roar of the crowd is what it's called. And it'll show me every time I've been at a concert. Mm. I just don't feel very comfortable with that. Yeah. But, you know. I can't, I don't think there's a way to stop it from doing that. And then is it futile at this point in 2023, almost 2024 to try to control how much of yourself is Mm. digitized? Mm. I don't think you can even control that anymore. Mm -hmm. There is a woman. Mm -hmm. Tell me about her. Let's see where she's based. Don't have a girlfriend, but have lots of cash. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. It's not what you think. 23 year old Snapchat influencer. I'm sorry. That was such a string of made up words. I almost had a stroke. What is a Snapchat influencer? (laughs) Get out. Okay. Um, She has unveiled a chat GPT powered AI doppelganger of herself that engages in erotic talk for a dollar a minute. Okay. And how does she do that? How does she do that? I don't know. But women in STEM. That's what I'm going to say first. (laughs) Women in STEM. I think it is pretty interesting that people are like really finding ways for AI to work for them but it also kind of goes back to what we just talked about of like 
are people going to take that too far? Yeah. Are they going to have this young lady saying things she did not say? Is she going to allow them to save the footage after they purchased it? Like the internet is forever. Once you put something on there, it is so hard for it to be gone. Okay. I'm rooting for her. But can we talk about (laughs) how is she doing that? (laughs) I don't know. Let's see. That's interesting. So she said she oh, she's from Nebraska. She said when you have a hunt when you have hundreds of millions of views every single month, it's not humanly possible to speak to every single viewer. She has one point eight million followers on Snapchat and wants to expand her social media footprint. Um, and so she uses an AI company called Forever Voices. Mm. Oh no. Which has created digital pay to talk doppelgangers of everyone from Taylor Swift to Donald Trump. See, that's exactly what I was talking about. Mm. You can pay Taylor Swift to say something horrendous. And I don't think people would know that that is not Taylor Swift that said that. So now here you are getting this young lady in trouble over something she didn't even say. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. a dollar a minute, I do get that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I also heard... And and I was not aware of this, but I also heard that now, like when you go to an amusement park, mm-hmm. you have to use your finger to actually enter. You but do. what if you don't want to do that? I guess you don't get into the park. You know? So there's no like you can't opt out. Like, I don't know if we've gotten to a place yet where one, I wonder if people are even afraid of that. So one, I don't even know if they're raising red flags. And then two. Can you get into the park? I mean, back in the day, you give them a paper ticket and then it was fine, right? Right. And well, so, what do they need your fingerprint for? I think so you can get back in. But why can't I think you just use maybe my digital if you, like, ticket? Maybe if you lost your ticket. But I think, again, like you're saying, Eventbrite, all these places that can just email you a QR code. Let's do that. Mm. Or let's do a wristband. Mm. I just feel like fingerprint is pretty extreme. That is extreme. Even coming through the airport in Atlanta, they have this thing called digital ID. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you, I think it's, the line is, like, one minute, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's always super short. But you just stand in front of a camera, you show your face, and that's it. Do You, you have don't it? even have to pull your ID. Mm-hmm. What was the process? Did they want fingerprints? And They didn't request fingerprints or anything like that. Just one day, like it popped up on my app and it was like, hey, do you want to opt in for digital ID? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, let me let me just try it. I'll give let it a try. Just, yeah. you know. And I saw the TSA pre-check line and then I saw the digital ID line and I said, yep. So they <laughs> do have your face. Yeah. But so that's what I'm saying is like, is a, is there a cost for efficiency? Mm-hmm. You know, like you're giving up all this stuff mm-hmm. and actually maybe you, maybe you shouldn't, maybe you should opt out. But it's like, do, will some places even allow you to opt out? Right. I guess that's the fear of like. So it's like, if you say I'm not giving my kids fingerprint, I just can you still go to Disney? An 80 person third grade field trip to Disney right. World. Right. I cannot leave and drive them back to Ohio just over my index fingerprint. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so some people are probably like, well, I'm here already. I'm just going to do it. Right. Like I was in the clear line and I was uncomfortable with everything that they were asking for, but I didn't want to miss my flight. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm, I'll just do it. But like, are there alternatives? There's got to be. I hope so. I don't know what they are. I don't know what they are either. Because it's like, how do you... 
how do you walk through the thing in Atlanta that you, you know, kind of take a picture in front of if they don't have some sort of biometrics on you and know what you look like already? Right. right. Well, and so that's the thing. Like, I think had I opted out, I would have, you know, it would have been a non-issue. Mm-hmm. But I did opt in. Yeah. Yeah. We've given them so much already. We have. And so it's like, do we dial back now before it can get too far? Or has it gone as far as it can go? Get yourself a trade. Have multiple trades. AI can't can't do plumbing. Uh, (laughs) Hop on on chat GPT and Snapchat and date for a dollar a minute. A Snapchat influencer. (laughs) Sometimes it's like go back to the basics. You know what I mean? Because people don't know how to do anything. They don't. Make a table, fix a toilet. None of it. My grandpa is always telling me to learn a trade. Everybody's going to be on their phone trying to figure out how do I, you know, get connected to. Actually, that might be a good business idea. (laughs) Copyright. (laughs) (laughs) Write that down. (laughs) And that's it for now for our exploration of AI and AI tools. Don't miss out on the latest and greatest from your When Magic Happens family. Subscribe to our newsletter, The Perfect Companion to this podcast, at wbez.org backslash newsletters. You can find me, Jennifer Shay Love Long, on Instagram at Being Shay Love. And you can find me, Taylor Coward, on Instagram at Taylor Coward Online. When Magic Happens is a production of WBEZ Chicago and a part of the NPR Podcast Network. Our truly magical producer is Brianna Garrett. Brendan Banizak is our executive producer. Tracy Brown is chief content officer. Production assistance by Justin Bull. Engineering by Ethan Schwab. See y'all next week.